Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Virulent News, Toxic Habits and Attitudes. I'm your host, Wayne Bibbs. If this is your first time listening, welcome. And if you've tuned in before, welcome back. In this podcast, we examine all the things that we allow to interfere with our pursuit of our dreams and the indulgence in our passions. Procrastination, fear of trying something new, the belief that we may not be good enough, ridicule from our families, friends, and even strangers, and all the other toxic habits and attitudes that get in our way. And we all have things that we must do on a day-to-day basis, but we often forget that we can make room in our lives for the things that we enjoy. Your life is more than just a collection of your responsibilities, and in this podcast, we strive to remind you of that. A journey of a thousand miles always begins with a single step. Everyone has heard that, and it's one of those things that you really can't argue with. For over 60 years now, I've been taking those single steps, so many of them that I've lost count, and that's true of everyone. You take those steps pretty much every day, whether it's a new situation or a routine that you've fallen into. Whether it's something you've been looking forward to for months or something that you just want to hurry up and get out of the way, there's something that you have to start doing, and you've been doing it for however long you've been alive. Your actual first steps, for example. Uh, Your first day at school. Your first bite of something icky-looking that you didn't want to touch, but your mother wouldn't let you leave the dinner table until you ate it. Your first great love affair. Healing up from your first big heartbreak, your first day at a new job, etc., etc. You've been taking these steps. We don't think of these things as steps in a great voyage because they happen more than once in our lives. And they don't seem all that special in the general scheme of things, and we pretty much expect them. Sometimes, those single steps seem like long, drawn-out walks that will go on forever like moving far away from everyone and everything you know when you go away to college, or some really serious journeys that can be scary as hell, right? Like your first day of taking back control of your life and embracing sobriety one day at a time, looking at you, Becca, the unashamed alcoholic, or your first day as a non-smoker, ridding your body of poisons that are more addictive than cocaine, or maybe The poison actually is cocaine or some other such mind-altering substance. Arduous as the trip may be, I have been told by many who are on those walks that it is so worth it, and I have nothing but the utmost admiration and respect for them. But what happens when your thousand-mile journeys cannot involve physical steps? A good friend of mine learned the answer to that question and told me all about it and I would like to share it with you because it taught me a valuable lesson. In my second year of college, I joined a biology study group, and it was there that I met a young woman named Dorinda. Dorinda lived with her aunt, a teacher, who kind of showed her the ropes, which made Dorinda a pretty handy study buddy for the rest of us. We became close friends away from the class, but as time went on, and other relationships formed as they often do. Dorinda and I spoke and hung out less. You know how that is, when you go from spending all of your free time hanging out with your buddies and then a pretty girl with form-fitting jeans and a love of cooking shows up, 
and all of a sudden your friends start to see you less and less. That's just kind of the way it goes. Well, after about a year, I decided to call Dorinda just to see what was up and tell her what was new in my life, mainly my future wife. When I called, Dorinda's grandmother answered, which was somewhat unusual. And when I asked to speak to Dorinda, Grandma answered with, Nobody told you? All right, hearing that will pull your heart into your throat because that's never a good sign. Grandma went on to tell me the story. Apparently, Dorinda was standing at the bus stop near her home on her way to class when this two-legged creature pulled a gun on her and made her go with him to an abandoned building. There he robbed her and shot her five times at point-blank range and left her to die. By the grace of God, someone happened to be passing by soon afterwards, heard Dorinda calling for help, and set about getting people to provide that help. Dorinda survived the shooting, but some of the bullets damaged nerves in her arms, and a couple hit her spine. At 19 or 20 years old, Dorinda was rendered paraplegic. At the time of this conversation, Dorinda had been in the hospital for at least a couple of months. I found out which hospital she was in, and I went to visit. Now remember, we hadn't seen or even talked much in a year or so. So she was understandably surprised when I walked into her room. I didn't want to make her talk about the incident, so I started rambling on about anything else that I could think of. And I made a terrible mistake because I started telling her about my new girlfriend, which ordinarily wouldn't have been a problem, except that I was saying this to a young woman who didn't have anyone at the time and was uncertain about romantic prospects given her injuries. Remember in the last episode I mentioned my total recall when it comes to screw-ups? Well... In my mind, this one was huge, and I'll probably never let it go. Still, we began talking more and more, and I told her that I would help her in whatever way I could. Her rehabilitation was as long and as difficult as you might imagine, but while she was in the hospital, she met a young man who was in the same situation, and I believe they helped each other greatly in their respective recoveries. There were obvious adjustments that had to be made in her life as a wheelchair user, and although she never really discussed them with me, I could see that she went through some really dark moments. In the midst of these times, she found more and more comfort in her faith, which was always a part of her life, but never played as significant a role as it did once she was injured. I think it helped that she met a man who played basketball as a wheelchair user. You may remember my mentioning him in an earlier episode. I know she couldn't possibly care less about basketball, but this man helped reinforce the idea in her mind that being in that chair wasn't the end of her plans. It also helped that later she met a man who saw her as more than a woman in a wheelchair. He saw her as a woman 
and pursued her as a lover, which, to be honest, she hadn't believed possible. This brings us to her son, whom she also did not believe to be possible. As she explained to me, uh, the trauma of the shooting never goes away. But she learned to cope with it and to take full advantage of those gifts which remained rather than focus on those which were now lost. In addition to all of this, Dorinda's aunt and uncle with whom she lived passed away, which meant that she was not only raising her son, but she also had to take care of her developmentally challenged older brother. To say that she had a lot on her plate is an understatement of ridiculous proportion, but because of this, Dorinda learned that she was capable of far more than she ever dreamed. She went on to get her bachelor's and two master's degrees, ready to get out there and handle her business. I arranged for an interview for her where I worked, but they told her that they had no openings for a person with her qualifications. She told them that she would be willing to accept an entry-level position. She just wanted to work and make her own way. But they, sadly could not see past the wheelchair and the expectation of sick leave. Ultimately, she began looking into using her counseling degree to help others who had suffered similarly life-changing events and was preparing to enter a doctoral program. Given everything that she had to deal with, it would have been understandable if she had just given up and just allowed herself to fall into a pit of depression, but she didn't. She fought fought fiercely to take care of everyone in the family, including her now college graduate son. I want to insert something here. Uh, I was injured on my job, and there were days when I really didn't feel strong enough to do the job, which was pretty physical. Do you know how hard it is to complain about pain in your legs and back when your good friend cannot move or even feel her legs? Yes, there were times when I would just fall down because my legs would give out. But even at their worst, I was able to walk, however unsteadily, while she couldn't walk at all. But she refused to stop for very long. If there was something she couldn't manage, it wasn't because she didn't try, believe me, and eventually she would find some way to get it done. Unfortunately, cancer took her before she had a chance to begin the doctoral program to which she had been accepted. Were it not for that, I have no doubt that she would be Dr. Dorinda by now. Everything was taken from her at a very young age, but she spent the rest of her life trying to snatch it all back. This woman who couldn't walk never did stop taking single steps on those thousand-mile journeys. So, what have you got going on? Are you enjoying the Virulent News, Toxic Habits, and Attitudes podcast with Wayne Bibbs? Have you given more thought to your own experiences and not following your dreams? Who and what you let stand in your way and what you can do to rid yourself of that toxic behavior. 
Now you can support Wayne's efforts to create more free content to reach more people. Please consider a monthly donation in support of the podcast so that we can continue to offer you stories from Wayne and his guests to encourage you to embrace and follow your dreams, as long as those dreams don't involve any sort of harm to yourself or anyone else. You can subscribe to the podcast on several platforms, and you can follow The Virulent News on Twitter, now X, and Instagram. The Virulent News, toxic habits and attitudes. We thank you for your support. Dr. Maya Angelou famously said, when someone tells you who they are, believe them. And that's an exceptionally wise statement. But I'd like to add something myself, just, just a little Wayneism. When someone shows you that they don't want to be a part of your life, don't try to talk them out of leaving. Show them to the nearest exit. If they want to go, it is important that they go. Now, when I say this, you'll notice that I didn't say anything about except if it's family. I don't care if it's family. If your family does not want to be involved, positively involved in your life, you don't need them. They're just problems that you happen to share a bloodline with. That doesn't give them any special privileges to mess up what you have going on in your life. They don't want to be there. You don't want them there. Get rid of them. If they used to be friends or what you thought were friends, and they show you that they really don't want to have anything to do with you in a positive way, set them free. Let them go. You don't need them. Sometimes we allow people to stay in our lives because of what they used to be or because of what they should be. As a matter of fact, uh, the warden has a saying, and uh, when she when she first said it, it was, it it really did. It hit me. It hit me really hard. When someone that you should have had a relationship with dies, and you mourn, you're not so much mourning the fact that they're gone. You're mourning the death of what should have been if they had been, as she calls them, sincere pumpkin patches. You're mourning the fact that the relationship you should have had never existed. That is a beautiful way of saying it, in my opinion. I think that's absolutely brilliant. And she's right. But if you're not getting the kind of relationship that you should have, go ahead and mourn it. But don't try to resuscitate it. It's not going to come to life. Let it go and work on the things that are positive in your life. Work with the people who are positive in your life. Focus on the things that are going to help you get ahead or at the very least not hinder you. That's going to do it for this week's episode of the Virulent News, Toxic Habits and Attitudes. I'm your host, Wayne Bibbs. I hope you enjoyed our conversation. I certainly did. And I look forward to talking to you again in the near future. But until then, take care.